my name is Maria. My pronouns are she and her. And my name is Alyssa. My pronouns are also she and her. Welcome to LGBT Cliff Notes, the podcast about gay science and history and all that other fun stuff. <laughs> we have, yeah. Uh, so uh, today's episode is, is a history episode, and it's about Emilio Robles Avila. I probably said that wrong, but hopefully I got that right. Um, a badass trans man who fought in the Mexican Revolution, which broke out in 1910 and yes. ended eventually. Um, <laughs> I I don't want to give an end date to that uh, for a number of reasons, but mainly just because revolutions are messy affairs. So finding a definitive cutoff point is kind of tricky. So we're just going to say the Mexican Revolution and uh, I'll let you figure out the duration on your own. I believe in you. <clears throat> um. Again, I do want to give a disclaimer up front and also apologize for my absolutely horrible pronunciation. Uh, there's going to be Spanish here, and my Spanish isn't great by any metric. Um, but I will try my best to get things right as much as possible. But if I mess up, you know, please forgive me. I am, como se dice, estúpida. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but again, I'll do my very best. So, without further ado, uh, Emilio Robles Avila was born November 3rd. In 1889, pardon me, in Hochipala, Guerrero, near Chilevacingo, which is a ways north of Acapulco in Mexico. Uh, he was born to Casimiro Robles and Josefa Avila and had two older brothers, Teodulo and Prisca. Uh, Emilio's family was one of some means, uh, I go so far as to call them middle class in the Marxist sense, of course. Um, <laughs> I'd say this because Casimiro owned uh, 42 hectares of land, or hectares, rather, land. And he also owned a mezcal factory, and thus also employed a workforce to run it. So he's, Emilio and his family, they're not coming from like a life of poverty or subsistence farming or anything like that. They, um, they've, they've, they've got money. And mezcal being an alcohol made from agave, um, yes. which, uh, so you might be more familiar with tequila, which is a specific type of mezcal made specifically from blue agave. Um, mm -hmm. but I know <laughs> a lot of our readers are American and might not know what mezcal is. Right. Our uh, readers. Oh my God. Our listeners. Readers. Listeners. Yes. <laughs> Whatever. We'll take a short coffee break. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, yeah, again, his family has pretty good amount of income and everything like that, especially for 1910. So they're not like starving or anything like that. Um, now, mind you, this isn't to say that everything was like all roses and sunshine and stuff like that, because, you know, Amelia's father died when he was three. Um, to what extent this affected him is kind of tough to say. We don't really know. So, I mean, he may have t been too young to really notice or he may have. We, we, we don't know. Um, what we do know is that his mother, Josefa, eventually wound up remarrying to Jesus Martinez, who was a ranch hand and employee of the area. Oh. Uh, and then those two gave, uh, gave Emilia three more uh, siblings, uh, Luis, Concepcion, and Jesus Martinez Avila, which would make Emilio the middle child of six kids. Oof. Yeah, which as I, I'm an only child, so I've only... Uh, heard this, you know, kind of secondhand, as it were, but being the middle child, I'm told is uh, not exactly the best experience. Yeah, no, I, you know what? I never knew that we were both only children. I feel like Wait, that. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how, did, how did neither of us know this? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> I also just know from hearsay that, yeah, being a middle child isn't the best, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Just just for the record, too, I, I did see in one of my sources, um, which is basically just a, a collection of oral histories and interviews and stuff like that. I did see a, one mentioned that uh, Emilio hated his stepfather, Oof. which, you know, we'll get into briefly. So, Yeah. <laughs> And also seems pretty standard, like people in general don't like their step parents, so Yeah. Um <clears throat> So again, things weren't exactly like, you know, just great and rosy for Emilio just because his family wasn't like starving. But it's good to not be starving. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Um and they certainly weren't struggling by any stretch of the means. I mean, they you know, we can see that they had enough money to send him off to a school for young ladies in Chilapasingo. Um, which he stayed at until like the fourth grade. Oh. Some things that probably aren't going to shock you in any way, shape, or form is that, you know, Amelia showed interest in quote, masculine things like <laughs> taming, riding horses, handling weapons, and shooting guns. <laughs> I don't, I love that like taming and riding horses was a, a masculine thing because like now we have horse girls um yeah that, yeah that's it's now a very feminine thing to tame or to be super in love with horses um yeah things are only masculine until a bunch of girls like them i guess Ugh, gross i i, I mean that that is a real phenomenon yeah we'll probably wind up doing an episode about it <gasps> maybe we'll see put your comment yeah com i mean computer science in particular used to be uh, a women's thing um mm. until well i guess that's the opposite until guys started doing it and then yeah then i mean obviously women would be unable to do it but nope started mm. with women yeah off topic <laughs> uh, no no uh, no it's 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 always interesting though because like you do see that that flip compared to like you know again like you said you know, in the past, oh, riding horses, oh, how masculine. And now it's like, oh, riding horses, how feminine. Yeah, and yeah. If there's it, like it a is... little boy that's obsessed with horses, like he's probably going to get made fun of because that's a girl thing. Yeah. <sighs> Gender rules. Why well, you got to be uh, like this? Yeah, it's uh, it's real dumb. Real dumb. Yeah. So yeah, back to, back to Emilio <laughs> and uh, him, him liking shit that only boys like. Mm-hmm. We get we get some tidbits of his life again through a um, a collection of you know interviews and oral histories and stuff by one Olga Cardenas Cardenas Treba, um, and they tell us that like when he was eleven, quote, he was also fond of milking, a task in which he liked to compete with the ranch workers, and that one of his neighbors in Hochipala described him as quote half manly end quote <laughs> half okay all right yeah. Also, milking. I mean, that's so associated with milkmaids now. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. It's, <laughs> you know, man, uh, well, manual labor and gender roles and stuff like that's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Also, I do want to point out that when I'm when I'm quoting Treba, unfortunately, like fifty percent of the time I'm fixing pronouns because. Oh well, yes. I mean, yeah. <sighs> um, we're all used to it at yeah. this point. I think we all we all know that's. Uh, uh, Tereba also gives us a glimpse glimpse into his relationship with his family, um, which is why we kept that source, uh, saying that, quote, his interest in learning to handle weapons had a lot to do with the hatred he felt toward his stepfather, whom he twice <laughs> planned to kill, end quote. <laughs> yes. 
Oh my God. How did we like how (laughs) I love that it survives that he twice planned to kill him. Like, how do we know that? (laughs) He's just going around being like, Mm -hmm. yep, this is the second time I'm planning to kill my stepdad. I just, uh, I mean, (laughs) uh, you remember things like that. Yeah, Uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say when exactly Amelia started living as a man. Uh, but most accounts say it was around the time he joined the army, which was sometime around 1911, 1912, roughly when one Juan Andreu Almazan marched through Hochipala. Didn't we also, like, what? there was someone else, who did we talk about that also started living as a man when they joined the army? Um, Thomas Hall, or oh, Thomas Dean Hall. Okay, Or T. Okay. Hall, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, glad you, glad you brought them up. Uh, but yeah, no, um, this is actually a fairly common thing, especially in the Mexican Revolution. Um, when you're, when you're studying the period, you often will come across a, um, I don't want to say like a group of people because it makes them sound like an organized, like battalion or something like that. But, um, when you talk about the history of the Mexican Revolution, a lot of times you have to talk about the soldaderas. Which are, of course, you know, women soldiers yeah. who joined the cause for various reasons because they hated Fidio Diaz or Diaz or Carranza or whoever the person in charge that week was, or because they're radical socialists. Uh, again, the Mexican Revolution is just a huge fucking mess. Um, I say this having taken a class on it. It's a huge fucking mess. <laughs> uh, and it's super interesting. Mike Duncan has an entire series on it. Go listen to it. It's great. Uh, Soldaderas are pretty common in this period, and they join the army, and a lot of times they join the army and take up a masculine identity for a number of reasons. Yeah. You know, protection, Mm -hmm. or simply because that was the only way they would be able to get recognition for their, like, you know, their prowess in battle and their bravery. Um, Sometimes it was simply just easier, and that was as far as they thought about it. Um, but then you also get instances like Emilio Robles, who joins the army and realizes, oh shit, I'm a dude. Or realizes, oh shit, I'm a dude, and then joins the army. Yeah. It's, and then gets to live as a dude. Yeah. It's tough to say which of these happens with Emilio, whether he comes out, whatever, and then joins, or joins and comes out. There's conflicting tales. Uh, Emilio himself gives multiple accounts. He even... At, at one time says that he joins up as late as 1913. And he himself gave like two different accounts. <laughs> Again, it's dating things is hard for some reason, and I don't know why. Okay. But, you know, it's a revolution. It's people, people's memories get kind of weird because shit happens. That's the best I can, answer I can give you. Um, so we don't really know much about the, the early part. But what we do know is that he joined up with the Zapatistas in the revolutionary struggle, mostly centered around carrying messages, smuggling weapons, and special missions, uh, at least according to the account of the Secretary of Culture website. Also, for those wondering, the Zapatistas were a faction in the Mexican Revolution uh, led by Emiliano Zapata. Um, I'll let you Google his politics and all that, but I am personally (laughs) a big fan of Emiliano Zapata. So, Chureba tells us what or tells us that Emilio, quote, left a list written in his own hand, which we will take as his campaign log, in which 70 armed actions are registered. Ooh. Um, but this uh, Secretary of Culture website also points out that, quote, 
the list does not include all the actions in which he took part. End quote. So that number is probably even higher. Dang. Now, does yeah. the Secretary of Culture website acknowledge him as a trans man or? Yes. Oh, really? Yes, oh, it does. That's that's, awesome. that's what's really cool. It's like most of these sources that I'm going to give you, the one are, are of course, through translation uh, because, yeah. again, yes. I, <laughs> but they're all pretty much like they all seem to I, like gender him correctly. Wow. And a lot of times, a lot of times the misgendering isn't from the Spanish. It's from Google Translate doing it wrong. Oh, uh, yeah. So Google, getting confused about. Yeah. Huh, wow. Google waited. Because I, I know enough Spanish that when I would double check the translations, I would see, you know, I'd see the article L and not La. Right, 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 right. And, and don't know a whole lot of Spanish, but I know the difference between those two articles. <laughs> <laughs> so very, uh, that's just interesting thing that I noticed is that I can't trust Google Translate, which isn't I mean, yeah, that's anybody, not hopefully. <laughs> surprising at all. Yeah. So Amelia goes and does all these different types of missions, again, carrying messages, weapon smuggling, and special missions. Those can mean literally anything. Um, that, like, it's, it's, it's all over the place. There was a, I saw an account of him rescuing someone from a firing squad, which is probably the most okay. interesting of them all. That's, that um, is a very special mission. Yeah. Um, just, uh, again, there's, just go read. Go read the sources. They're great. They're great. They're great. Can't stress that enough. Um, I don't want to focus on like his military campaign too much because it's just again a very messy period and trying to like assign dates and figure out a chronology here is really tough and I really don't want to make this like a three hour long episode. Makes sense, uh, yeah. Yeah. After the murder of Zapata by forces loyal to Carranza, Emilio lays down his arms briefly um, and just kind of chills out for a little bit, but then winds up rejoining with Alvaro Obregón and his whole revolt against Venustiano Carranza and his government. Again, I'm throwing names at you like you know them. Yep. But, uh, Obregón, <laughs> was a, Obregón was another uh, general in the army and also the leading candidate for president against Venustiano, Venustiano Carranza, who was, you know, the president at the time and said, oh, I'm definitely not going to run for re-election and then ran for re-election, which is the whole reason why they brought down the Porfiriato in the first place. Um, it's like it's like revolutions go unfinished and then have to be completed or something weird. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> uh, who knew? Yeah. Uh, and Emilio continues serving in the army through 1924. Um, in doing different things, a lot of like police actions and stuff like that. Um, the high the high point was um, again, you know, helping bring down Carranza and also putting down a revolt. Um, supporting one Adolfo de la Huerta, which I also just butchered, I'm sure. Um, who was yet another faction in the Mexican Revolution? Oh my goodness, it's, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a big clusterfuck, and it's so great. <laughs> so he serves in the army till 1924 she's like you know 12 13 years of service and he finally retires not retires but he leaves service and he begins doing various jobs um immediately after the revolution he settles in uh the town of iguala for some time 
and uh, while living there, we get we get we get a, a our our, our uh, necessary content warning. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's the T Hall situation, Mark oh, Two. Uh... Yes. So, uh, unfortunately, while living there at one time, a group of men attacked him, uh, and of course did so demanding to see his genitalia Jesus. in a scene again very reminiscent of T Hall. Um, however. Unlike Hall, Emilio doesn't get drugged before some idiot to assign him a gender, because instead, he simply shoots and kills two of his attackers, <laughs> thus driving the rest off. Yes! Oh my god, good job. So good. Yes. It's, 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 it's like that, that comic, you know? Que hay en tus pantalones, una pistola. What's in your pants? A gun. Yep. Yeah. I feel like that should be legal nowadays. Um, I, just, I, I wholeheartedly agree with if you. If anyone asks you that, you get to shoot them. Yeah. Same thing with catcalling. If anyone fucking, if there's some stranger that's like trying to talk to you on the street, you should just be able to shoot them. Yeah. I, it would like immediately cut down on how often that happens. I mean, I, 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 I am, I am, I am a Texan. And I think that's probably why I'm, you know, agreeing so vehemently. But also, <laughs> God, just respect trans people or you get shot i mean yeah i love it <laughs> sounds like should be law i'm here for it <laughs> but you know this is the wild west of uh 1955 oh my god uh, <laughs> so yeah that's the right answer uh and so i assume like he also does not get uh in trouble or anything for that i mean who's gonna stop him <laughs> right um yeah sure sure he did. I Well, and also, I guess he's, you know, since he's on these websites, like he was sort of a, a war hero, I'm assuming. So uh, I'm well, sure that's, that that's tough to say. Oh, I mean, really? it, yeah, because it, it kind of depends one on like depends on the the region you're in, because not everybody in Mexico hated Porfirio Diaz. Oh, there were some I, people yeah. who were loyalists and stuff like that. Right. It, some people, the revolution went too far because they did things like nationalized, uh, uh, you know, the oil factories, refineries, there's a word. Huh. OK, well, um, I mean, nonetheless, he was in the military. He does have like mm -hmm. sweet gun skills. So mm -hmm. and this isn't an isolated incident either. Like it was well known. You don't misgender Emilio because Emilio will pull a gun on your ass. If you call him <laughs> Donia, you're going to wish you didn't. Wonderful. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't I that was garbage. Let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> uh so Emilio the rest of Emilio's life is a lot less eventful than any of that. Um, which is probably honestly a good thing. Yeah. I'm sure uh, at that point he was like, Oh my god, too much. Just just yeah. wanna live quietly. But what's cool is um for the most part, like he's accepted. Like as a man oh for the most part like by the state and by most people around him nice he's just rolled with it uh for example like he he meets uh, a woman named angela torres in apipulco that's hard to say in the 1930s um he later marries her and adopts a daughter oh uh, uh regula robles torres holy shit yeah, in 1930, in 1930, this dude marries a woman and adopts a daughter. 
Uh, this relationship doesn't last. Two parties become estranged after some time. So, you know, uh, bittersweet. But still, it happened. Yeah. And that's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, um, it would be hard to be. I mean, I imagine because you can't. People are so weird about adoption. I think even if you're a couple, if one of you is, is trans, I'm sure the adoption agency is like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But what's cool is like that that Secretary of Culture website that I brought up, um, they give us a nice little quote that refers to both the previous thing and also this current thing. Uh, quote, Emilio was a man and whoever dared not respect his identity or dared to refer to him with the wrong gender ran the risk of facing his gun. <laughs> he had romantic relationships with several women. Nice. Including Angela Torres, with whom he adopted a daughter, and also Lupita Bar Barone. Those are at least two long-term relationships with women that he was in. Yeah. Um, and several other less long-term relationships. And he was allowed to do that. Very, uh, very cool. Yeah. Now, of course, I'm sure there are some people who had a problem with it. But, you know, he made it very clear what he thought of those problems. Uh, which, again, uh, is the right answer. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, in 1948, Emilio underwent medical examination so he could enter the Confederation of Veterans of the Revolution which is just kind of like a, a, you know, a VA of sorts, if you will. Ah. Not the, or not VA, but VFW kind of thing. It's kind of in between. It's just, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, it's a thing that required him to undergo medical examination. Uh, and in that examination, it uh, turns out she was shot at least six times. <laughs> okay. Yes. I was expecting that to go in a more disgusting direction. Like, no. Yeah, the doctors were horrible human beings, but damn. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Now, he is eventually recognized as a veterano. And I'm pointing this out, a veterano, mm -hmm. not a veterana. I heard that. No. Yes. By the Secretary of National Defense. And he received several decorations. Like, he gets the Mexican Legion of Honor, the Revolutionary Merit Award. He gets several different decorations. All to Emilio. And is given, you know masculine titles and stuff like that he his troops called him colonel wow. colonela colonel way to go mexico uh, yeah that the revolutionary period very cool so he lives his life he you know does his jobs and about a year before his death he lost the ability to speak i uh, couldn't find the reason why yeah what? Uh, i think that that was just i think that was just uh i having to rely on sources and translation issue i'm sure the information's there but i just couldn't find it huh but this is worth bringing up that he loses the ability to speak a year before his death because of an account that before he died he requested to be dressed as a woman when he was buried quote so he could meet god end quote mm. um but as far as i could tell again this is as far as i could tell the source of this is from a resident in Hochipala. Um, which is the town he was born and then later died in. Just like a random resident? <laughs> yeah, just like a like a, a random person. I don't know their relationship. They may have been neighbors. They may have been friends. Hmm. I, uh, regardless, it's just like one or two people in Cochipala said, oh, yeah, also he, he wanted to be buried as a woman hmm. so he could, you know, make up with God and everything. And that, I don't give it much credence, yeah. honestly. I really don't. Uh... Um, simply just because, like, A... This could have been like, you know, well-meaning friends or whatever saying that, oh, yeah, well, you know, he was kind of weird. But in the end, you know, he he did the right thing and turned to God and, and you know, submitted to gender. Those are not whatever. friends. I don't, I don't, 
<laughs> yeah. No, well, no, they're not. Um, but you know, it's 1984, so what do you? What can you do? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I left out that. I buried the lead there. Yeah. No. Uh, he he lived until 1984. Emilio Robles was 94. Wow. Or 95, rather. Oh my 95. god. Math. Nice. Yeah. That's wow. Having lived as himself for more than 70 years. Wow. Yeah. 70 years. Way to go. There's a fucking trans elder for you right there. A literal trans <laughs> oh, elder. that's true. <laughs> Quite elder. Possibly most elder. That's, I mean, not a lot of just people, not a lot of humans live to be 95. Yeah. So yeah, what a badass. Uh, he, he may actually be, uh, he may actually be a little bit cooler than, than Charlie Parker's. I mean. Nah. Yeah, just, I feel like Charlie, it's. Charlie's pretty fucking rad. <laughs> They're they're uh, both cool. They can both be amazing. Yeah, they're both great. Uh, we 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 stand a king. We'll even stand two. Uh, those are the only kings, only ones we stand. Um, so yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, there's a couple things I want to mention, kind of just as sidebars to this. Um, so first off, there was a quote that I wanted to share that came from uh, Lydia Zarate. I think I said that right. Lydia Zarate's piece in Picara magazine. Uh, it's a great quote, and I'm just going to share it in full right now. Emilio established his masculinity through a gender performance. He complimented the poses, facial gestures, and masculine attitudes of his performance every day in carefully selected attire, including pants, shirts, jackets, and hats worn by men in their rural setting. He also ordered a studio portrait to be made where he appears with a pistol holstered at his waist. A symbol of masculinity and his object of daily use, with which he even came to punish those who dared to treat him as a woman, <clears throat> which he helped position himself in the collective imagination, the image of himself that he desired. His change of identity did not require surgery or hormones. Yeah. End quote. That last line there is bolded by the author. <laughs> they chose to bold that. Ooh. His change of identity did not require surgery or hormones. Yeah. And I'm just going to let that hang there. Good. That's a good place to. The other thing I wanted to mention oh. is uh, that I had a I had a little fit of like uh, uh, something, and I put a little thread up on Twitter about uh, my researching Emilio and kind of how that struck me because well, there's some interesting stuff. So you should go follow me on Twitter. Uh, uh, I'll put that in the show notes, maybe, or maybe I'll just let you figure it out yourself. Follow if if you follow if you follow the podcast on Twitter. You can follow the one th account that one is following, which is my account. <laughs> follow our accounts on Twitter. <laughs> While we're talking about following us on Twitter, you should consider following us on Twitter and on Facebook. You should come join us on Discord. And maybe, if you really want to, throw us some money on Patreon. Yay! Wow, that was almost a smooth transition. It was. It would have been if I hadn't called that out. <laughs> maybe next time I'll do better. Uh, so yeah, that's, that, that, that's the show. Amazing. Uh, very cool so uh yeah thank you thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next time yep see you next time